Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. So thanks for joining us. Welcome to podcast Q&A part two. Uh, We had some additional questions come in that we wanted to take the opportunity to answer. And so um, as we've been studying through the book of Nehemiah, we've um, definitely had opportunities to learn how fear can keep us from accomplishing the work the Lord has put before us. Right. Um, and so that's where some of these questions come in, but actually here talking about fearlessness. So wanted to take an opportunity to ask those questions today. Fearlessness. Mm-hmm. All right. So the question is, where do we draw the line where fearlessness becomes foolishness in reference to being purpose-driven versus preservation-driven? Okay. Uh yeah, interesting in Nehemiah, there is the fear that would have caused them to shrink back was almost all externally driven. Threats had been made against mm. them. And um, so th- there's one distinction. Sometimes, sometimes our fear comes from without, and sometimes our fear comes from within. In other words, it's external circumstances that cause us to be fear. If I do this, I'm going to suffer in this way. Sometimes it's more of an internal fear of I'm afraid of what might happen. So sometimes you might want to think, as you think about fear in your own life, where's it coming from? Is it coming from without or from within? To fearlessness versus foolishness. In other words, could I be fearless to the point of being foolish mm-hmm. in pursuing, what, finish it for in the purposes of God? Uh, to being purpose-driven versus preservation-driven. Okay. Right. So the assumption being that if I'm preservation-driven, it's fear-driven, mm-hmm. but could I be so purpose-driven that I'm actually foolish in my behavior. Mm-hmm. When, um, when Jesus is tempted in, it's recorded in Matthew 4, uh, when Jesus is tempted by the devil in the wilderness, one of, uh, it's the second temptation, takes him to a high pinnacle and he says, jump off and the angels will protect you. That would, and Jesus resists the temptation Mm -hmm. and says, um, don't test the Lord your God. So I think in that situation, uh, that would have, that could be seen as fearlessness, but in the mind of Jesus would have been foolishness because it was not purpose-driven, it was mm-hmm. not something jump off and you'll save the world, if you will, although that couldn't happen. Uh, it wasn't driven by a purpose other than to test to test the Lord. So in that situation, that would be foolishness, not fearlessness. Um, be, and I would say in that environment, because it didn't have anything to do with the purpose of God. And I guess I make that distinction because mm-hmm. later then in his life, Jesus is is potentially what 
This question would ask, he is fearless to the point of foolishness in his willingness to go to the cross. He knows they're going to take his life. Right. And yet it says repeatedly, beginning in Luke chapter 9, I think verse 51, it says he set his face resolutely toward Jerusalem. And then repeatedly throughout the rest of Luke, you see him with his face headed toward Jerusalem. And he understands that Jerusalem represents, and he begins to disclose to his disciples, it's going to represent where he is going to suffer and going to die. But he still goes. So in that case, it I don't think it's foolishness, it's fearlessness because it is directly connected to the purpose of God. So uh, I would ask someone who is saying, all right, am I being fearless or am I being foolish? My first question would be, uh, is the action directly connected to fulfilling the purposes of God in your life? That's a good question. If I if I am doing something that you know if I'm going bungee jumping, I'm not going to put that in the category of fearlessness because that has nothing to do with accomplishing the the purposes right. of God. And my wife would go, "That's foolish." <laughs> you know, seriously, I remember I wanted to do bungee jumping one time, and Jackie was like, "That is not a responsible thing to do as a father of six children." You're going to spend money to do that? <laughs> my other thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that would have been my thought, but I was actually willing to pay the price for the thrill. At least I was considering it. But she thought that would be foolishness, not sure. And and yet there would be other times that we might go to uh, to put things at risk for the sake of the gospel. So I think that's the core question. I'm uh, just trying to think when those mm-hmm. words, fearlessness or foolishness, came up. I think of um, Jim Elliott, a pretty well-known missionary who in the 50s uh, gave his life. He lost his life, if you will, for the sake of the gospel going to the Auk Indians. Uh, they knew they were an unfriendly tribe. They were trying to make friends with them. They were camped on an island, he and some buddies, and they came and they killed them there. And one of the quotes that Jim Elliott is most known for is, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he will never lose. So again, that is living in a manner that is fulfilling the purposes of God you cannot be foolish. I think I'd go that far. If I'm living in a manner that um, is for the purposes of God, I, I am not being foolish. If I am trying to import God's protection in my life and stuff that I'm interested in that doesn't have anything to do with the purposes of God, then I'm on, on the line of foolishness. If a person was, uh, if you were in, had a very specific situation, is this foolish or is this just fearlessness? Uh, we never go wrong in asking uh, godly friends for their perspective and their understanding, and of course, inviting the Holy Spirit to lead us. There were times where um, the Apostle Paul's life was threatened. Just thinking through again, mm-hmm. Apostle Paul's life threatened in the book of Acts. One time, they escape uh, through the night by lowering him in a basket. And so, 
Was he being chicken? No, he was simply attempting to be prudent for a greater opportunity to share the gospel and continue to take the gospel. So I don't think he was driven by fear there. He was driven by how do I want to continue to accomplish the purpose of God in my life. Other times he knew, Acts chapter 20, he knows that where he's headed is going to put him in prison. He knows that's probably going to lead to his death, and yet he continues to go. And he says, I do so, um, whether by life or death, because that's what God has called me to do. So uh, I'm sure somebody could figure out a loophole of where (laughs) this is not airtight, but I think the overriding principle, maybe not the law, but the overriding principle would be if I am acting in obedience to the Lord in pursuit of the purposes of God, dependent upon the Spirit of God, uh, I will not be foolish by proceeding, it would be being fearless. I think that's a key differentiator. They're bringing it back to purpose. Yes. Like what, and asking that question is a great Purpose place of to God. Start. Purpose of God, yes. Yeah, because I can come up with my own purpose. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes. Purpose of God. Yeah, the purpose of God us, yes. in my life, as declared in the Scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned in there also about God's protection, and that's actually our next question here. Um, how do we know when that line of faith and God's protection is greater than the danger we face? How do we know that the line of God's protection, God's protection is greater than the danger? Mm-hmm. They say faith in God's protection. So I guess trusting in yeah. the Lord's protection is greater than the danger we will face. Huh. Uh, we don't. <laughs> uh, if, we, if we knew this was a guarantee, his protection is greater than the danger, then quite frankly, it wouldn't be fearlessness. <laughs> because <laughs> God said he'd protect me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the difficult rubs of the Christian faith for some folks is some of the things that God doesn't promise. Mm, yeah. Uh, we wish, many of us wish that God would promise things he doesn't promise, protection being pretty high up on the list. God does not promise that even if I'm doing right and doing good, that he will protect me. He doesn't tell me he's going to protect me physically. He doesn't tell me he's going to protect me from ridicule. He doesn't even tell me, this was a hard lesson for me. Uh, One of the earliest lessons for me as an elder here at the chapel was that just because I do the right thing and we seek to do the right thing as elders doesn't mean that we will be uh, free from accusation for doing wrong. And I shouldn't have thought that, but I did. I thought, well, no, I I won't be accused of doing wrong because we'll be committed to doing the right thing. You can do the right thing and still be accused of doing wrong. I should have known that based on what I see in the scriptures. But that was a, and so this guarantee that we want of protection of whether it's reputation or physical or for our kids. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, every mom wants the guarantee, Lord, you're going to protect my children. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he doesn't. Right. I know. (laughs) He doesn't. I know. But in my mind, in my heart as a mom, that's something you. Yes. So I cannot. And why not? I think one of the reasons why not there is um, our faith, because the question, what if our faith? Where's our faith in that? Our faith would be in the outcome instead of the person who 
we trust in for whatever the outcome. I would, my trust would be in my safety, my protection, not in the Lord. Because there isn't the guarantee, then my trust is in the Lord and his wisdom and his goodness to determine that maybe he would be glorified in my death as much as he's glorified or more in my life. Uh, go back to Jim Elliott. Lord was glorified. He was prepared to give his life for the sake of those Indians, that tribe. In his death, thousands of folks gave their lives to Christ and gave their lives to missionary service. So the Lord's purposes and the Lord's glory was more fully uh, realized in Jim Elliot's death and all that has been written about it since then mm -hmm. and all the results of it since then. But we only know that in hindsight. Right. We see that in the rearview mirror. We don't usually get that in the windshield of life. And so... Uh, and sometimes you don't even get it in the rearview mirror. You don't look back and go, oh, okay, now I understand what was, God was doing. Sometimes it, the rearview mirror looks like the dark of night and you still don't still know. Still don't know, right. Still but don't we understand. still trust. Right. So uh, I think that's a, I appreciate that, that question. I think it's important that we do not try to base our life on promises that God has not made uh, for ourselves or for our futures, or for our children. It's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. That we live by faith. Yeah. Because again, if, if the, the guarantee was there, I wouldn't be living by faith. I'd be mm. living in the fact that, nope, this was said, and so I'm not trusting in the Lord, trusting yeah. in that guarantee. And he didn't make the guarantee. Mm. So it seemed to me that that question, and I hope this will help you, you were going, oh, if this is here, uh, then I can trust the Lord if his promise of protection is greater than the danger. It may be that the danger is, well, it is, that the danger is greater than the promise because of, there isn't a promise. There's the promise of his goodness, which you can trust in all things at all times. Mm. Demonstrated by the cross. Absolutely. Great reminder. It comes back to the cross, like who Christ is and what he yes. did. Yeah, that is the irony of our faith, that we worship a God who gave his son to die on our behalf, and we gather worship and regularly sing about and give thanks for the cross, but then are reluctant, uh, stronger than that, refuse sometimes to give thanks for the hard in our own life. And we're, we are worshiping and following a suffering Savior mm. who was purpose-driven, not preservation-driven. Right. Yeah, I, I hope that there was a statement we made, and I hope people will continue to wrestle with this in every facet of life, that I cannot be purpose-driven if I am preservation-driven. Mm-hmm. One of those things, purpose or preservation, are going to drive my life, and I think we were we were made to be purpose driven. I think that was a great challenge for us this week to really 
self-reflectancy, where are we being preservation-driven, whether it's with our money or our lives, and yeah. just to self-reflect on that and let the Lord work in our hearts. My, uh, even the preservation of peace. Yes, yeah, to be a peacemaker. <laughs> yes, sometimes we s- compromise our God-intended purpose uh, because we want to preserve peace at all cost. And yeah. peace at all cost is not a biblical mentality. That's true. I think it's a great reminder for us that I cannot be perf- purpose-driven with my life if I am desiring to be driven. Preser- preservation-driven. Yep. It's a good reminder for us. So thanks for answering some additional questions sure. this week. Thanks Appreciate for asking. It. Thanks for joining. Yeah, and thanks for asking your questions. Hope you have a great week, and we look forward to this weekend for more questions. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.